Hey, it's Matt Franco. And it's Eric Dittleman, and this is Mind Over Magic. Did you know the entertainment industry is kind of making waves on the whole uh, the reopening type thing? Making waves? Yeah, have you heard of the We Make Events movement? Oh, yeah, I have heard about that. Tell me more Maybe about we'll it, get into that. I, yeah, I don't. I know very little. Uh, but I'm also excited to talk about David Blaine with balloons. Did you did see, you see it? it? I did see it. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch the full three hours? I caught up late. I was about a half an hour late to it because I forgot okay. it was starting so early. Uh, okay. And it was on YouTube. And then right. I switched over from my computer to my TV to play like the, through the YouTube app on my TV. And then I just, it like jumped to live and I couldn't figure out how to rewind back. So I, I missed like a solid half an hour chunk in the middle. But what sure. I saw leading up to it, this is for those of you who don't know, this is because uh, that was the other interesting thing. I had friends who were like, apparently David Blaine did something and no one knew about it. And it was like, I know everyone in our magic circles knew about it, you know, and he... Well, because he's a magician, of course we yeah, knew about it. Yeah, of course, yes. yeah. But he's done a lot of press. I know he was on, like, The Tonight Show and The Today Show and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I don't know, you know, it's just all this news is covering other stuff. It's hard to hear when anything else breaks through that wall. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, so for those of you who didn't hear about this, this was an online event where David Blaine decided uh, he wanted to fly in the air holding a bunch of balloons he was that was the goal was just that imagery very whimsical kind of thing uh, and uh they were set to do it in new york on the 31st i believe and then they delayed it due to weather and they moved the whole operation to arizona and then uh yeah starting at seven in the morning their time or whatever they just kind of took off and uh he how high did it get uh almost thirty thousand feet Feet, I Something believe, like right? that, yeah. Does that make sense? Real high, really, yeah. really high. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I mean, there was a lot of tech that went into this because, like, one for his safety, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, they wanted, uh, you know, they didn't want him to be wearing the parachute as he was like flying up. So he was like in some sort of harness rig that was attached to these balloons. There was like a little, they called it the payload, which was like this con- contained all the, um, the 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 aeronautical devices to make this a legit flying craft and it was like in this little metal sphere and that was uh held up by more balloons so it was kind of hidden amongst it but they didn't want him to be wearing the parachute because they just wanted that image that was the goal for them and then i watched the part i think the most nerve-wracking part for me and i posted about this online was when they transferred from that rig and he had to like get the parachute on while in midair. <laughs> that was yeah, that was nerve wracking as well as the actual jumping, like letting go of the balloons. And, yeah, leading you know. up to the, the the skydive. That's how that's how he decided to get down. Was you know you can't really just pop all the balloons. <laughs> right, right. Slowly descend. They just kind of let it go, and he let go, and he just started skydiving with his little David Blaine parachute there, and yeah. Yep. And his daughter's uh, watching the whole time, too, just to yeah, add to that level the, of... I mean, that was a touching, adorable part, of yeah, course. Yeah, And he was saying it was uh, all for her, and that was nice. Yeah, kind of shows her that anything's possible. Um, kind of an evil Knievel type thing. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, that's kind of always been his deal, having these stunts, endurance Right, stunts. but we have to clarify, you know, people not in magic. Like, mm-hmm. just to clarify, this is not a magic trick. No. This just happens to be a, he just happens to be a magician. This is just a stunt, right? I mean, not just, I don't mean to downplay it by saying right. it's just a stunt, but what I mean by that is it's not magic. This really is a, just a real stunt. Right. And I was actually kind of with his magic background, expecting there might be a magic twist at some point. Yeah. Like going up in the air, holding the balloons, and then he just like vanishes. <laughs> you know, yeah, that would have right, been pretty right. boss. <laughs> that would have been really cool. But I mean, well, it's still impressive just to like do this thing where you're holding onto these balloons and then you're just, I mean, the views were amazing. The imagery yes. was fantastic. Yeah. And then um, yeah, I was joking with some people that I was like, it's like, you, you know, that crew has been working and they, he had all the top experts, meteorologists, uh, balloon experts, all these people, a skydiving right. expert. You know, the, the real endurance challenge of this was... Um, to not like swear on camera live 
right. For right. three hours, especially with a small child nearby. Right, I right. Think that was like the, because you know how crews can get, you know, especially when they're working on a big project. A I scary just, one. I just thought that would be, yeah, if anything goes wrong, just, you know, you're going to, you're going to say some curse words. But, I've uh, got I've, I've got good. three questions on this that come to mind. Number yeah. one, when he let go of the balloons and he released himself from the harness, what happened to the balloons? So uh, that might have been the chunk I missed <laughs> during the <free laughs> show. But All I'm right. pretty sure it like just kept going, and they, they, well, they I think they were able to to activate these squibs. They were talking about squibs that they could pop certain balloons. So oh, I think wow. at certain parts they could like eventually bring it down and like just track where it was going to land and kind of pick up the equipment there. Cause gotcha. I know when he was dropping all like the sandbags and the ballasts and all these things, like people had eyes on it and they were just tracking where he was doing that so they could pick it up. And I think he was being careful not to like drop it where any people were obviously or where it could do damage. Right. He's done a number of these stunts when, when something like this happens and because he is a magician, even though he's not doing magic during a stunt like this, mm-hmm. Do people now associate these types of stunts with your career? My, not my career. By never, any, never no. anyone says, oh, do you ever think you'd do something like that? No, no, no. I think maybe just the way I look. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and mine's very much geared towards the mental brainy stuff anyway. I mean, <laughs> unless it was like, a, you know, could you hold a large number in your head for a long time. I think that's the <laughs> amount of endurance that I could handle. But no, well, one's, yeah. no one's thinking I'm going to do any stunts because, I mean, look at me. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm certainly not interested in doing any stunts either. I'm no more interested in doing a stunt than you are. But, right. I mean, I've definitely heard over the years people who – you know, might not know anything about magic or anything, um, would say like, oh, do you, you got to do something like that? I, I feel like he successfully blurs the line because because he's a magician, people would associate it with that. Right. Well, I think it also just ties into um, two things, really. One is the daredevil aspect of some illusionists that, you know, are looking for those danger things like escapes and so forth. That's that's like one step removed. But ideally, when escape artists are doing that, it's very controlled and they're not a lot of danger at all. Uh, but he's just taking it past that next level into, you know, this is a larger stunt. So blurring that line, his whole thing is blurring the line between reality and magic anyway. So he's right. happy to be kind of confusing what's real, what's not in t- terms of stunts as well. But sure. I think the other thing that it ties into is just uh, when people think of magic, lay people obviously still with his his massive uh, uh, reputation it was Houdini and making himself so um, well known for the stunts that he did in his time. And it was all PR. So, mm-hmm. you know, the upside down straight jacket escapes, all these things jumping into the, the lake chain. Uh, so people associate that with Houdini and therefore mm-hmm. magic already. So that's already mm-hmm. been like an element. And we always have to, you know, I guess, fight against that if we're, we're not into those kind of stunts. Yeah, it's an interesting sort of subcategory, I guess. Strange. And I don't remember what my third question was, but those are two. <laughs> those were two. I had three. Yeah, yeah. Alas, here we are. Um, now, here's the thing that was also brought up. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was gripping television. I think more people should have tuned in because this could have been the thing that like captured the internet for just a few moments while everything is crazy in the world. I think that could have been really unifying if really the word got out. But um, uh, another friend of mine pointed out like, this isn't as impressive as the, um, the skydive jump uh, from the guy who like jumped from the edge of the atmosphere, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. what is like, I guess since they saw that jump and he went up with like a, just one large helium balloon to get that high. Right. And then he's like dove from the edge of the earth. That is, a, I guess, a professional skydiver or, yeah. you know, so I guess, you know, he can obviously push the limits, but they're like, compared to that, like this was more just whimsy, I guess. And he didn't go as high. And, and I guess part of it is he's not as experienced. So maybe that adds to the danger element, but I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. So I disagreed with my friend on that, but, uh, it was, it was really cool. And I'm not even into things like this, you know, mm-hmm. and it was really cool and, and certainly gripping to watch. Yeah. I remember what the other question was and you, because of something you touched on there. So you hear the audio that he's hearing, you hear the, the kind of experts, the sky, the lead skydiver taking him through what to do next. Okay. Drop the sandbag in your left pocket, whatever. Yeah. So... Did that guy had to do this first, right? 
I don't know if he did. I, I know you got to for the, the atmosphere jump. He mentioned he was like the guy next to whoever the, I can't I don't have the name in front of me. Uh, but I'm sure writers will write in or we could look it up. But uh, mm-hmm. the, he was the guy filming that guy was this expert. So, oh, so he, he, he's done extreme jumps before and I'm but sure not this exactly. Maybe. Yeah. I don't think this exact maybe because they were, they were from my understanding of that pre-show um, segments were they've been working on this for a long time and they did, you know, little segments, little trial runs. So I'm sure he did those along with Blaine before yeah. he did them. Yeah. But this was the first time they put it all together with the maximum height and the you know sure. the transfers of the of the. Well, they the really knew parachute. where he was going to be at what time. Oh, that meteorologist maybe. nailed the weather. Apparently, they kept <laughs> saying that. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, it's like if we have meteorologists that good, why aren't they giving us like the daily <laughs> weather? You know that we could really get that spot on. <laughs> <laughs> I think the part where the meteorologists uh, are is when they try to do too far in advance because they yeah. give you the week forecast. Right, right. I think right. they can tell you what tomorrow is, but once they get three days out, I've heard I gotcha. that like it gets to be much more of a guess. All right, you meteorologist apologist. <laughs> <laughs> you're on. Just, you're in the pocket of big meteorology, aren't you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Um, I, I enjoyed the pre-show though. There was a lot of cool segments of like the little science experiments showing, you know, the difference between helium balloons and hydrogen balloons. Of course, with the famous Hindenburg disaster, we know what can happen when you use hydrogen. Uh, so they demonstrated that with like a little bit of like, it was like, he lit like this giant rod on fire and like popped the two balloons and then like mm-hmm, the hydrogen mm-hmm. one just exploded. Uh, and then there was one like showing the pressure, like if uh, it's it's um, something that happens in your blood, especially like for deep sea divers, when the pressure changes so much, it actually like causes like bubbles in your blood, which is very mm-hmm. not good. So they were just like showing all that. And I just really enjoyed that element of the broadcast as well. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't see all the pre-show stuff, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I saw the stunt itself. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. I I. So I don't want to do any of the that. The question is, Matt, when are you going to do a big stunt? <laughs> I did a tandem jump out of a plane once. Did and you? Tiana loved it, and I don't need to do it again. <laughs> like, so. I'm always afraid of just even, like, I, I love amusement park rides and everything like that. Uh, but I've always hated the just straight drops. Like, there's the elevators, right, where you just drop down. I can do those mm-hmm. more now. But like those bungee jumps where they like pull you up and they just like drop you and you bungee back and forth. It's like I did do one of those. Nope. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, extreme heights and falling straight down. Not my not. And the older I thing. get, the less I want to do it. Oh, yeah. We were uh, there's uh, me and a couple of friends went to uh, there's a mall uh, right in New Jersey. They opened and it's pretty much trying to rival the Mall of America. And in there is a giant theme park, like a Nickelodeon theme park. And it was just empty because the whole mall is empty except the theme park was open. So we went like because we have uh, no day jobs. You know, usually we're gigging at night. We went during the middle of the day and it was like empty. We had the whole place to ourselves almost. And uh, we did every single ride, all the major roller coasters, the elevators, there was a, like even like one of those like swinging ships, but like to the extreme level, like going upside down and loop de loops that I refused to do. But after just a couple hours there, we were all exhausted, like could not move. Like we were laying on the like the benches, like just too much, me- too much G force. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we are old now. This is what it feels <laughs> to be old. <laughs> I think we did Mall of America. We did some rides. You and I, you right? did, With yeah. A group of people, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was fun. yeah that, that was a blast. So same type of thing. Same in type New of Jersey? yeah, same type of thing wow. in Jersey. Except very cool. They also have this is crazy. This mall again. None of the stores were open when we went, but they also have a um, a water park inside that was just about to open, and then a uh, indoor like ski slope as part of wow. this place too. So. Uh, huh. It'll be cool once it's all there, and it's just a quick little train ride from New York City to get there. Yeah. But, um, and right next to, um, you know, Meadowlands and uh, the stadiums there. So, Very cool. Yeah. You were saying about the entertainment industry is coming back, though. What is that all about? I wouldn't say it's coming back. Uh, that's not exactly how I would word it, but... <laughs> um, 
I'm seeing different things like this this We Make Events movement. They did a red alert. I think it was on September 1st or 2nd. I think it was the 1st where they encouraged businesses or buildings to light the exterior of their building red. Oh, okay. And I know like Allegiant Stadium, which is the new Raider Stadium here in Vegas, did it. And I'm, I'm sure many others lit the exterior of their building red. And, and basically what it is, I don't think it's like a, I don't know if it's necessarily a, like a movement to let's reopen entertainment. I'm not right. sure if that's what it is or if it's more of like a encouragement for assistance, government yeah. assistance or what have you for people working in the entertainment industry because, you know, it's really been a hard hit for people that have spent their lives learning how to design lighting mm-hmm. or automation or whatever it is that they do to, to make events. And they spent their life kind of devoted their life to learning how to do this trade or craft or whatever you like to call it. And their, their business went from working all the time to literally zero. It's not the type of thing that they can just apply it to something else now. Right. So stagehands and roadies and, and people who make events happen. Um, it's, it's just a really hard time. So they're, they're kind of making a movement to raise some awareness on that because, it's not something that's being talked about all the time mm-hmm. because there are so many other yeah. issues going on. So yeah. I just thought it was interesting um, in terms of the Vegas front. Of course, no Vegas shows are, are happening still at this time. Right. Um, yeah, here we are. That's, that's what I thought when you were talking about that. And I saw like just little glimmers of this from friends in the entertainment industry that have been posting about this too. Is Yeah, it's, I think it is to raise awareness about how many people are affected and just there's no assistance. No, no one seems to care about the entertainment industry that's been affected and will probably, let's be honest, be the last to come back because that's really a comfort thing. Um, but yeah, people, you know, as well as I do, you know, people, when they see a show, they sometimes just think it's the performer on stage, but really there's so many people involved and so many people that are affected by all of this from the, uh, from the box office ushers, you know, people who rely on the, even the tourist dollars from entertainment shows, you know, the little small shops and, you know, merch items, uh, to, you know, like you said, technical directors, lighting people, rig people, you know, all of this stuff. And it's just kind of like, well, you know, your whole industry has gone so figure it out. <laughs> They're not giving yeah. a whole lot of, uh, a lot of, lot of help with that. So, uh, yeah, it is tough. And, um, I know there's been some marches in Vegas too. Uh, yeah. that I saw too. So that's, uh, that's nice. And, uh, hopefully people do realize the importance of it. It's not like just people being lazy, being like, I don't want to get another job. It's like we trained for this one skill set, and now all the jobs that are available that we could get are already taken at the start of this pandemic. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's difficult as well. So it's not like people aren't wanting to work. It's just, they don't have the, uh, like the opportunities to work. And I think that's yeah. the difference. And many times these these behind the scenes gigs can go underscored, underappreciated. So, mm-hmm. if nothing else, I hope it does raise some awareness and at least compassion for for the situation. Yeah, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, something's gonna happen. And remember, like as people are getting through this quarantine, really people are turning to entertainment. You know, Netflix and everything like that. So it's like hopefully people remember that once this is all done and everything like that. So. Speaking of streaming, so like YouTube, talking about this YouTube event, is mm-hmm. YouTube Live Events the new sort of, uh, this is actually a really good segue, YouTube Live <laughs> Events, is that the future? I don't know. I don't know if it is because apparently a lot of, not a lot of people knew about this event was going on. <laughs> well, it's new. You know, this is yeah. a new path for them, kind of like when they started doing scripted television, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. YouTube has now gotten away from. Right. You know, they did have a successful show or two, but yeah. they kind of said, okay, we're not going to do that. I think you're dancing around it. You just want to talk about Cobra Kai? Well, no, because I know you <laughs> haven't seen it yet. You told me before we began, but it is an interesting segue because I do know you watched Karate Kid, the I did original see, movie. I did rewatch Karate Kid. I did. I was planning on watching Karate, Karate Kid 2 this week, too, but I just didn't get the, the time to do it. I, uh, li- I like that you're going to watch number two as well. Yeah. It's really the only required reading Mm-hmm. is one but i really yeah. i commend that you're gonna watch two and possibly three and possibly I, three i forgot a lot of those beats in the first karate kid of just like how long that opening build-up is before he does any karate you know <laughs> <laughs> and yep. just like the bullying that happens throughout and then just 
the thing that shocked me the most was I forgot how abruptly the movie ends right after he wins. Spoiler alert, <laughs> if you haven't seen it. But the, yeah. the, the tournament is like that final match, and then boom, wins, boom, credits immediately. <laughs> you know, I believe they filmed another scene, mm. but instead, because it just felt right to end there, they used the next scene to start the second movie. Oh, I see. Okay. I believe they shot that during the first movie and then used it. Nice. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure on that, but I believe I heard that at some point. Great. Um, I liked it. I, you know, I liked the whole Mr. Miyagi moments and back and forth. And I, I can just see why you love this movie. I just like watching it again <laughs> and thinking of it, like watching it through your eyes. It's like, <laughs> it's like this young kid from Jersey, which let's be honest, isn't too different from Rhode Island. Sure. <laughs> you know, yep. Yep. similar types of people live in both states. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then, you know, really nerding out with this this hobby of his to like really master it get it going this sounds like a young matt franco with magic and I then guess. and then having a mentor who uh sure. that would speak in uh confusing and cryptic uh lessons <laughs> <laughs> definitely could be uh you know analogous to your mentor uh mr jeff mcbride <laughs> I, I, I agree i guess that's true i never thought of it that way until you said it but that could be true i think you're talking about nerding out and, and devoting yourself to a certain craft. I think probably that maybe the biggest plot hole mm-hmm. in the movie is when they're in the Cobra Kai dojo and Miyagi and Daniel go to confront Kreese and Johnny the first time. Yeah. And Miyagi says, no more bullying the kid. Let's take this out at the tournament. And he gestures towards the poster. Yeah. Now, I, I won't get the exact date here, but like on the poster, it says <laughs> All Valley Tournament. November 19th or something like that. So the school year just started. Daniel doesn't know karate. Yeah. He's only he got a he, couple months of hard training. That's it? And yeah. now he's he, now he's the All-Valley champion. I mean, he had a lot Spoiler. of natural not, a lot of natural talent. He was learning from books to start with, remember? Yes. So, so so it's like you starting with books and your magic going through and teaching yourself and then seeking out the guidance to really bring you to the next level. And that's what Miyagi did. Was, uh, you know, really just polished that natural talent already. Uh, so you're really defending this. You're defending the 60-day oh, yeah. instant champion. I think I think he was all in. I mean, he wasn't even going on dates. You know, he was blowing those off just to work on karate. <laughs> well, I thought he was going. Wait, can we talk about the date? Was that not the greatest date of all time? <laughs> yeah, it was good. I mean. Golf and stuff. I just, I, I just like the arcade part, you know. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. I've been to that arcade. No way. <laughs> so Tiana and I went to golf and stuff when just, we lived in California. Just it's because those, it was related to Karate Kid? You yeah. I said, we were Actually, we were just looking for things to do one day and golf and stuff came up. And I'm like, no way. That's like the golf and stuff. <laughs> and it is where they shot no. the movie. So in the restaurants and stuff, they have the posters everywhere. And that's kind of their claim to fame. But we played mini golf on both courses. We did the arcade. We did, you know, we did everything we could do. Uh, tried to pretty much relive the Daniel and Allie date, and we even did the photo booth, and oh, we have no the, the four photos like they did in the in the movie. Yeah, this is slowly, by the way, becoming a Karate Kid podcast. <laughs> well, that that was my goal, really. I just didn't want to tell you from the beginning. I'm gonna. I think we should change the name to Mind Over Karate. <laughs> karate over kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. We can change topics. We can change. No. It's oh, fine. I wanted just to uh, brag because you sent this to a photo to both me and my brother of your uh, signed Danielson uh, headband, which is pretty. Uh, that's probably not the technical term, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, that's amazing that you have that signed by our, our Machio there. That's fantastic. What was even funnier is that you suggested it. You're like, oh, you should get a headband. Yeah, and I'm and like, you're like, here it is. I already have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't did I mention that I, I I recently got a poster from the villain in Karate Kid Three? I think I told I you. I think that. you told me that. Yeah. yeah. Oh wait till you see that one, oh, man. You uh, yeah. are gonna Well it's the same dojo guy, right? What do you mean? Same the, dojo guy? It, like Cobra Kai or what? The the teacher. I thought the villain in the third one was the teacher from like Oh the John Kreese. Yeah. Sensei Kreese. Uh Sensei Kreese is present. But there's a new main villain oh, okay. that comes in number okay. three, and a new and a new kid that he has to fight. Now, 
Again, I don't think, actually, I don't think I've ever seen Karate Kid 3. I'm not revisiting it. It's just like one of those things with um, with the third movie and trilogies. They don't tend to live up to the, the amazement of the first or sometimes sequel. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking like Ninja Turtles 3 clearly yeah. is not as good. Uh, mm-hmm. Home Alone 3. Home Alone 3. <laughs> There's so many trilogies. <laughs> a, a friend of mine recently just posted on Facebook like they, they were showing uh, all these famous trilogies and just like rating them. And like they had like the Godfather, Godfather 2, and then like nothing for Godfather 3. <laughs> you know, like right, all, these, right. all these movies. It's just like so fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to look to finally watching the third one before I start Cobra Kai. It's probably well. my favorite just because it's, it's so awesomely campiness. bad. <laughs> it's so awesomely bad. But Miyagi's still phenomenal, which is great. Of He's course. so committed to the character. It's so He's great. great. Yeah. 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 All right. We should get off the Karate Kid just in case uh, those people who are not as uh, diehard fans. Uh, they already clicked off. Before, and now, you know. now we'll talk about Die Hard. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, that would have been a killer segue too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just setting it up. But uh, how about we do a riddle? Oh, yes. You I completely th- forgot we're doing riddles. Let's do a riddle. Here we go. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. Again, thank you to my brother for that wonderful theme song and also reminding me that it is called Diddle Me This is this segment. <laughs> you all get a riddle. Uh, this is... um. I don't know if this is technically a riddle. It's definitely like a lateral thinking puzzle, but it's one of my favorites, so I wanted to share it anyway. They're kind of related, riddles and lateral thinking puzzles, but uh, it will have an answer, and I'm hoping you haven't heard this one before. So a, a windowless room contains three identical light fixtures, each containing identical light bulbs. Each light is connected to one of three switches on the outside of the room, and each bulb is currently switched off. You are outside the room, and the door is closed. Before opening the door, you may play around with the light switches as many times as you'd like, but once you've opened the door, you may no longer touch the switches. After this, you go in the room, and you have to uh, figure out which bulb leads to which switch. How do you do it? And I can only... I can only go in the room once. Is that yeah? The once rule? you go in the room, once you go in the room, you have to figure it out there. You can't leave the room again. They're all off. So they all start off. You can play around with the switches as many times as you like. Then you open the door, go in, and you have to tell which bulb goes to which switch. And there is a okay. way to do this. So full disclosure, now this sounds very familiar. Yeah, and I was going to say, d- have you heard of this before? I have a distinct memory, and it could be we misremembered things, but I think. In elementary school, maybe even fifth grade, maybe even Mr. Skit's class, <laughs> or, or Mr. Knoyer in fourth grade. I'm not sure. They're all uh, getting shout-outs. They're listening. Uh, yes. <laughs> Thrilled. <laughs> I feel that I heard something extremely similar to this. Yeah. Having said that, I don't know if it was the same, and regardless, I don't recall the answer, but okay, I think good. there's some sort of something to do with either turning them all on or you can only go in the room once, right? You you do something, you go in, and now I have to know the answer, right? Yeah, yeah. You can you can figure this out before you it. enter. Yeah, go ahead. You got it. I got it. I I, I know the principle, but I can't mm-hmm. figure out because there are three. So I got to figure out how could yeah. you do it? Yeah. So that you would know which one is which for well, all start, three. Start for one. Start with one. How would you figure with out one, one? You would just oh, okay. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got all right. it. So you flick one on. Yeah. Okay. I don't go in the room yet. I just uh, leave that on. Yeah. And then I flick another one on. Uh-huh. And I just chill out for a little while. Yeah. Then I turn that middle one off. Sure. Now I go in the room. Yeah. I know which one is flicked on because the light is on. Correct. I know which one is off because it's off and room temp. Yeah. And the middle one that was on and now off, I feel the bulb, and it is warm. You nailed this. You got this yes! spot on. That is exactly the correct answer. So you yes. can just flip two switches on, then turn one off, and then you go in. And sometimes you can either even see like the filament glowing still a little bit for the one you turned off. 
Or like you said, you could put your hand up to it and feel the heat that was uh, when it was on to see if that bulb was warm or not. And then obviously the light bulb that's on is in the on position with that switch and the light bulb that's cold is the other one that you never touch that switch. So uh, I, I, just I love, love that type. Just yes. so you know, for the future, I, I really <laughs> love that type of uh, lateral problem solving or whatever you want to call yeah. it. That's great. Now, yeah. I feel a little bit fulfilled getting it right, even though I have heard it before because it, it was literally elementary school, but it yeah. wasn't me figuring it out. It was more of a recall, which is still cool. <laughs> but it seemed like you were in the moment still like trying to process that and coming up with yes. that answer. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of a cheat because I definitely had heard that answer <laughs> at some point in my life, but you know, 20 something years ago. Yeah, I'll look for more of those. I think I have a few more on my list. But again, listeners, if you have any of those kind of lateral thinking puzzles or riddles that you want me to challenge Matt with, uh, email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com and we can read your riddle, give you credit um, on the air and see if Matt is able to get it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well done. Mm-hmm. Well done. You, you, that, was, that was the fastest you've gotten a riddle, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> or close. There you go. I'm close getting better at this. Uh, we've also got a trivia. I think you have some questions for me, but we are uh, debuting a new trivia theme song from my brother. He sent this, so let's uh, give that a go. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. <laughs> so what look- is that that's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. It's definitely different than the the diddle me this jingle. This one's way more intense. <laughs> well, I like it. But what is that last word pr- after pressure? Is it just like a what is that uh, at the pressure, end there? Pre- I don't know. <laughs> Did you hear it? Am I the only one so hearing let, it? Let me try it again. Well, let's get the end there. The yeah. question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia. Time. I think it's time, yeah. Time, trivia. I thought it was just like a duh at first. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't want to, um, um, you know, compare our family members here, but I'm just going to say uh, I have one brother. You have two brothers. So far, from two brothers, your two brothers, zero theme songs. <laughs> from what, my one brother, two theme songs. <laughs> Hey, I can give them a hard time about this because uh, you don't know this, but on uh, Tuesday night, my brother Corey arrived in Las Vegas, drove cross country, Wow! left Sunday night, got here Tuesday, drove here in his work van. He's a contractor and is, uh, he he got a bunch of his guys out here and they're renovating Ryan's house because Ryan lives here now too. Yeah. Because Ryan- Is that crazy? Ryan moved over to work on your show, you know, and has been doing that. Obviously, no show right now. So, uh, you know, he's in the same boat. Uh, But uh, now you got the whole family in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. He's out here for a couple of weeks working on the renovation. But it was just crazy. Like, drive two days straight, go to sleep for a couple hours, and then wake up at 7 a.m. and start working on the house. I was over there yesterday just to – now, I don't do any DIY. I'm not very good at those things. Are you? Yeah, I love doing that stuff. What? Uh, I think it's uh, the craftiness of it I like. Um, you know, you, I, what do you? What can you do? You change light bulbs or what? What do I, you do? You know, I have a drill set and I do like small little repairs and stuff. I put this whole uh, shelving unit behind me together. I mean, it was IKEA, I've known so you it was for easy. years, and this blows my mind. <laughs> I did not picture this. I well, I just like solving things. Like so, it's a for me, it's like a problem solving, fix it kind of thing. Uh, I think that type A nature of myself goes into that. So yeah, I like little, and it also applies to like all the, you you know how crafty I am when it comes to like some of the methods and stuff that I do in my show. Um, so yes. I, I like crafts a lot and I think that just kind of uh, piggybacks into, you know, the DIY stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I'm like embarrassed. I'm the only person in my family that's <laughs> not great at all that stuff. And believe so. me, talk to my mom. Whenever I come home, I'm always fixing whatever, you know, whether the computer or fixing a doorknob or whatever. I did not know this yeah. about you. I have so much for you to do when you get here. This is great. <laughs> well, it's funny because, again, maybe no theme songs from your brother, but with carpentry skills, maybe we get a little podcast hut. Like a little shed outdoors. (laughs) Could we have them make something? That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. (laughs) 
All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the bug in their air that they haven't contributed enough at this point, <laughs> and that we're gonna need something because Eric Eric two, Franco's yeah. zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Diddleman brothers. I, I'm sorry, Mark Mark two. Yeah, Mark Diddleman two, Diddleman two. We'll yeah, go with that. Yeah, we'll go yeah, with Diddleman yeah. two. Uh, Franco's zero on that. All right. So you got some so, trivia for me. I do. I have categories for you, but like I kind of hope that you pick the category I want you to pick. All right. Well, we. I mean, I feel like you have a lot of trivia. Trivia is pretty open. It's it's not like uh, searching the internet for specific riddles, which can be limiting. Uh, so maybe send them both to me, both categories. I don't know. Or multiple mm. categories. So here's the thing. I have three questions. I have okay. three trivias, actually. Especially uh, since of, we solved, by the way, that riddle real fast. We got. To- I did. <laughs> I have three trivias, but the problem is I only know the answer to two of them. So Wait, what? <laughs> I, I don't remember the answer to the other one. Okay. Well, I can give it to you, and you could see. Maybe at the end, I'll give it to you, and we'll see if you know it. Or, yeah. And we can, or yeah, we can look it up to make yeah, sure. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so do you want American history or Japanese culture? Oh, boy. <laughs> I feel like those aren't my strongest suits, either one. Uh, probably American history is more my wheelhouse. So let's start with the harder one. Let's do the oh, Japanese. Oh, you want to go... Let's start with the Japanese culture, and then I'll do the uh, American history. This is the one I hoped you would pick. (laughs) Is it related to Karate Kid? It is not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What is the literal meaning of the Japanese word karaoke? I know this. I know this No, you don't. I do. (laughs) Without choices? Yeah, without choices. Give it Um, to me. I'm pretty sure it's, it's either broken or empty orchestra. Oh my god. Empty orchestra. <laughs> Can we get a round of applause for empty orchestra <laughs> yeah, in the house here? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So so that was um, you know, being being involved in music as a music major throughout college, I feel like maybe that's why I looked that up one day or it was just like kind of a common knowledge thing that seeped in, but uh yeah. I picked I, sweet harmony. I got it wrong. That would be wrong, yes. <laughs> I like the irony of it, too. It's just like people singing badly, and it's like an empty orchestra. So, you know, it's great. Yeah. Oh, my. I, I can't believe you know that. I know things. I know something. Without, without the choices. No, yeah. Yeah. This I'll, is like superhuman. I'll, I'll ask for choices, Matt, if I need I know. I've, I've learned. I've learned that you will ask for choices. I just wonder if people listening are as impressed as i am or is everyone just going yeah it's empty orchestra how does matt not know that i don't yeah. know i see i don't know That's where a i good stand question yeah let us know if you got it also should i have given some more time for people to like consider it or i don't know that's what I'm saying. People didn't even have a chance to no. process the question. You're already yeah. shouting the answer. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, it's impressive. All right. All right. Now so I'm you worried want, I'm going to miss this one. <laughs> you don't want to quit while you're ahead. You want to no, get you want to get it. a couple more in? Let's do it. All right. American history. Yeah. In 1983, mm-hmm. Sally Ride yep. became the first. Well, uh, do you know who Sally Ride is already? Yes, I have the answer. <laughs> You don't even know the question yet. <laughs> what, what, what is what is the question? It is she became the first woman to do what or be what? Yeah, it's, yeah, no, the, that's exactly how it's written. Yeah, she's the uh, first uh, female astronaut or first person. Yeah, to space. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> how do you know this? I don't know. I just know things. I like trivia. This is unbelievable. <laughs> So, so I'm now curious what the third one is, and if I just know the answer, and you don't know the answer. <laughs> I got to start like getting these to be much harder. Not necessarily. <laughs> I like these getting are, them right. It's crazy. All right. Wow. But, and again, okay. nothing, for the record, people might think we've talked about these questions beforehand. I'm hearing them for the first time. It's not like we set anything up. It's similar to our riddles. You know, uh, you, absolutely. You don't hear them before. Okay. Just wanted but to make sure fact- that's there before we get the, you know, being on, you know, magic shows and in reality shows and so forth. You get all the naysayers that sometimes are like, this is all pre-planned. It's just for show. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That was that one was almost so borderline magic trick that you knew it before <laughs> I asked the question. You actually have to put out this disclaimer. I have done this before at like trivia pub nights. I remember, especially like when one of my go to character, uh, like um, go to categories comes up. I remember uh, with some friends we were at a trivia night and it was all Halloween themed. So like I I take everything in. And I knew that was going to be part of the theme. And then the final question that just gave the category. The category was Simpsons. So I 
immediately wrote down the answer before even hearing the question. And then they read the question. I flipped over the sheet of paper and it was exactly right. And for those of you who are Simpsons fans, when you think Halloween, everything was Halloween related, I just wrote down Kodos and Kang because the question was which two characters show up at, in every single Treehouse of Horror uh, episode of uh, the, the Simpsons. And I was like, well, it's the aliens, Kodos and Kang. <laughs> Unbelievable. In 1983, in 1983, and it's like you already knew the answer. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, no I, I had to hear the Sally Ride part. <laughs> Hardly, though. Yeah. I mean, that could literally be a magic trick. You just get people to misremember who yeah. said Sally Ride first. I, I may be working on a trivia-themed mentalism piece. It's As very, you should. It's very difficult right now. I'm trying to like figure out the best method to do it, but uh, it's basically the, the idea, I'm still working on it, is to get um, people to just like pick trivia pursuit cards and read the questions in their mind, and I answer them. Kind of like what we were just doing. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll why, see where why? that develops. Uh, it's hard to develop it without real people in real I stage know. time. <laughs> I know. But, it's uh, so hard. But we'll get there. All right. We're going to go one more. I think you're going to know this one probably right away, but I'm not sure the answer. Okay. According to legend, which city sank beneath the ocean? Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to give you hints to get you to get the answer. <laughs> We're going to flip this. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, one, for those of you listening, you probably all know this, and I'm amazed, Matt, just this is some big gap in your knowledge here. <laughs> I have those. Fa- fairly, fairly obvious, I feel. <laughs> but uh, not to, not to uh, n- uh, empty answer <laughs> shame you or... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I will. Uh, there's a great Futurama joke around this too, because they take a current city and they make that sunk under the water in the future to make a play off of the words for this city. Uh, also, it's the home of Namor, the uh, Sea Mariner from Marvel Comics, uh, as well as well as a bunch of other pop culture things. So um, there is a city in Georgia. That is, uh, is it the capital? Yeah, it's the capital, I think. Yeah. Do you know the city in Georgia? Name a city in Georgia. Oh, wait, wait. Are you telling me the answer is Atlantis? It is Atlantis. Oh, oh, so I got it right. Okay. (laughs) I I thought I got it wrong. I I misremembered because I I did these questions this morning. Yeah. And I I clicked on Atlantis, but I thought it said that was wrong. No, that should be correct. The the famous city of sunken under the sea is Atlantis. And in Futurama in the future, the city of Atlanta is underwater as a little game. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't know how I knew the answer, but I actually did guess Atlantis. So I I just thought that I had gotten it wrong and I didn't remember. So well done. Good job. Wow. Can we do we close it out with that theme song again yeah, or no? Because we already heard it twice. We but heard let's it go twice. third time's a charm, All right? All right, let's hear it. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. So God, good. I love that. So good. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Wow, yeah. that's like unbelievable. Yeah. Really showing up the Francos. <laughs> I want to do uh, get into this. Um, this is uh, something that was kind of bugging me lately, and it's just um, this has happened to me a lot before. And I wonder if this happens to you. But like, when you have an idea and you're just kind of sitting on it, you haven't executed the idea, uh, you haven't actually done the thing yet, and then while you were sitting on this idea. Someone else comes out with something like super close or super, uh, you know, similar to that idea. This has happened to me like real close in the past like two weeks where like I had the name of a show, this theater show I've been working on for so long. It's been in the notebooks. I've had the title of it. And then I just see someone else's show has like almost the exact same title. And it was like, I need to just do the thing, get it out there before anyone else does it. Uh, This also happened with a book I was just reading recently uh, where I had all these topics and subjects that I wanted to end up writing. And it's just, again, the procrastination and also the work leading up to actually doing the thing just caused me not to do it yet. And then I read a book that's like the exact same subject matter. So it's like, I need to get better about just getting the idea out there, not worrying so much about the perfection of it, but just like really just tackling this idea so that, you know, I at least feel like I had a 
fair shot at it, a fair crack at it. And then like now the worry some part is like if I start a project that's similar to these other projects, now that they're already out, people are like, oh, you just got that idea from that thing. And it's like, no, I've been working on this, at least in my mind, for right. a long time. So I don't know if you can relate to that or what that's called or I don't know. It, it reminds me of, uh, I forget if it's Amy Poehler or Tina Fey's book where they just have a whole subject that's like, do the thing. Talking about the thing isn't doing the thing. Just do the thing. Doing the thing is the thing. So, you know, I'm just trying to take that to heart a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, now that like things are going to be a little bit uh, slower coming up, for, you know, I'll have a little bit more free time is like to get to those projects that I want to accomplish and just get them there. Does that make sense? Yeah, at all? totally. No, I've I've experienced this a number of times to varying degrees in a lot of different ways. So there's a lot of variables here. Like it could be something that you haven't really fleshed out and you just had the idea and then you see, oh, someone just did it now. Yeah. And then it's easy to scrap. Because yeah. you really didn't get that far along in the creative process. You didn't put the effort in yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are instances where you've really put a lot of time into it and it's almost impossible to scrap. Mm-hmm. But it's the you sunk, might still have to. It's the sunk cost fallacy. They talk about that in gambling. The more you've already put into the pot, the harder it is to let go of it. And sometimes yeah, you're you invested. do. Yeah, you're, you're invested. invested. Um. And then there are instances where you're far enough along, then you see something that came out that's similar where it's like, okay, I can still explore what I'm doing because I know what not to do. I, I mm-hmm. still have this other direction I can bring this in that still kind of gives a perspective that w- hasn't been covered. Yeah. And th- right? th- there's always that, um, that thing that's brought up all the time in terms of magic creations and effects and that kind of thing, where the phrase is, we're always standing on the shoulders of giants that came before us, right? So like, if you, if something's already out there, that's like similar to the idea, if you can do it in a way that you're surpassing the idea and elevating it to another level, I think people do can, can see the difference and see that, that uh, variation and see that you're adding to the subject rather than just like being, I want to do that too. So I'm going to take that idea. Uh, so I think that uh, does help. <laughs> I mean, it's the difference between like taking a card trick though and adding something real to it or just changing the color of the backs, right? <laughs> you know? Right, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> you're not really adding a lot that way of just changing one small aesthetic thing. But if you're right. adding a new phase or a new idea, a new concept on top of it, I think that that brings it to that next level. And that's what I got to keep reminding myself because I mean, I'm not the first person to do mentalism and I'm not the first person to do, you know, the the comedy that I want to do. You know, we're all inspired and influenced by, you know, all of our, you know, mentors and and people we look up to that have come before us. Um, So I think keeping that in mind is like, we can still find our lane, even if that lane's been tread a few times before. Yeah, I have a great example that hits home close to home for both of us, the title of this podcast, for example. And oh, we, did, yeah. we did our due diligence. Because like, sure. Mind Over Magic almost sounds like that could very easily be a thing, like right. a saying or a thing or a show. Mm-hmm. So like, I know, I know I myself did some pretty hard, deep Google searches and yeah. couldn't find anything. But I think eventually someone was like, oh, I once did a show called that. Didn't someone write to you and say that? Yeah, yeah. There's a, like, there's a father-daughter duo. Their, their live show is called that. Okay. Mind over magic. So again, they were happy to be like, it's a different space. You know, we're a podcast. And yeah. they like the name. So they were happy. There's no competition there. No one's going to get it confused. Right, but, right. But it, yeah, it's one of those things is like we come up with these ideas that sometimes sound f- so familiar or like they should have been created. And sometimes they have, but sometimes they haven't. And it's like, oh, it's just one of those things that should have been existence already. And it, for whatever yeah. reason, was it. And that's why it feels familiar and good and, you know, resonates with people. It's like mm-hmm. writing a song because, I mean, there's so many, there's only so many notes, so many chords. But when someone puts them in a new configuration, you know, or just slightly different, you can create a song that feels like it's existed for years and centuries or whatever, but it's a brand new thing. And you're like, oh, this feels familiar in a way. I love but that. That's also, crazy. also new, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You ever seen the righteous, the righteous gemstones on HBO or no? It's on the list. I got to watch it's, it. I hear it's so good. <laughs> I, I personally love it. And one with, of the things uh, I love about with it. With Magic Camp star, Adam Devine. Yes, yes. Uh, There is a song. When you get to it, we'll talk about it. But uh, there's a song that was written for one of the episodes. Mm -hmm. And 
it just feels so familiar. <laughs> Doesn't sound like any particular song, right. but it you just feel like, oh my God, I remember this, but you don't because yeah. they wrote it for it. It's so good <laughs> and it's so catchy and you're going to hate me when you hear it because it's just going to be stuck in your head forever. That's You're not going to hate me, but... Yeah, that's actually yeah. the one thing I know about that show is that song. Already. Well, I don't know the actual song, but I know people were talking about this song. It's so song. good. <laughs> yeah. I, I play it all the time. It's so good. <laughs> Tiana loves it, too. It's so funny. It's oh, The lyrics great. are funny. Everything about it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to bring that up because it is frustrating, but I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I, I'm still going to get to this book eventually. I'm still going to get to the theater show eventually. It's just, I got to... Encourage myself to be just to do things a little bit faster or just to get it out there and not just to be, you know, because I mean, perfection is sometimes the enemy of uh, good, you know, <laughs> as yeah. they say. I don't think that's the phrase, but it's close to that. And, um, and the enemy of the best is the good. Is that it? Uh, I, I think it's something about perfection, right? So it's perfection stops you from putting things out, right? Because you're trying to make it as good as possible. But if you're never going to, you can get close to perfection, but I don't think you're ever going to reach perfection. So if you're always nitpicking and finding a reason not to release something or put an idea out there, you're going to find a reason not to do it. And then it won't ever get out there. So I think moving past that part of it is, uh, is key. And just knowing that sometimes releasing things with a few flaws, even if you see them, maybe other people won't see them. And it's better that it's out there. And sometimes you can even fix things after the release and, and continue to make it better. It's like trying out a new effect on stage. You know, it's never going to be perfect right out of the gate because you need the audience feedback and everything like that. And you're going to continue polishing it and workshopping it. Uh, but uh, if you were just in your room the whole time and be like, well, this could be better. This could be better. That could be better. If you're rehearsing it you're, and you never put it on stage, no one's ever going to see it. So, Well, it's a tricky balance. It really is because... Now we're in a world where we're seeing the evolution of things. Mm -hmm. People are putting things out there on social media, young magicians or what have you, like, okay, double lift, day two. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you see like the progression of things, which like there's something cool about that for within mm -hmm. the community of mm -hmm. magic and so on. But like I tend to land further on your the issue you're having where it's like I wait too long. Everything needs to be yeah. perfect. It doesn't need to be perfect. And it's only you know? part of that for me too, because I also was doing that show Amazeballs, which part of part of the process was seeing, you know, leading up as things were rough. Uh, and but I think it was specifically billboarded as that type of show, so the people who do want to see that process and see things fail and get better over time can come to that show and know that's what to expect. But if you're going in expecting like a plus polished material there and that's what you get, I think that's, that's also an issue too. So I think, I think having your expectations in the right place for the right situation is good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think you're right is uh you know, I tend to be more when it comes to real things, I'm especially selling or marketing or want to put my stamp on. I want it to be as good as possible before anyone else sees it. Yeah, I agree with you. And the more I think about it, the more I kind of have been living in a state lately, maybe these past couple of years, where nothing is ever done. Yeah. So it, everything's kind of in a constant state of continuing to polish it in terms mm -hmm. of routines on stage or what have you. So I think that helps me in being willing to put things out there before they're quote unquote polished and ready, because I yeah. just remember even things that are quote unquote polished are still being polished. Yeah. Right. So like, are things ever done with you? Like, do you have things that you're like, all right, that's done. I'm not going to work on this routine anymore. Um, no, I think when I'm not going to work on a routine anymore, it's just because it's working and I don't want to break it further by pushing it, you know, somewhere mm -hmm, else. Mm -hmm. um, so, so uh, yeah, for, for me, there's that weird balance of also the improv side of me too, which teaches me you know, all these scenes you do in improv are, they call it tissue paper, right? You just, you do a scene and then once it's done, you throw it away and you don't think about it. So it's very ephemeral. Uh, so you can't really pre-plan. You can't try and get it perfect. That's the enemy of, you know, a good improv scene is anything pre-planned. So that part of me has always been there where it's like, okay, I can put something up. If it doesn't go well, I have the improv skills to still get through this and it's ephemeral. But also at the same time, I want to go through that polishing process to make something as good as possible. But I agree with you. Nothing is really ever done in my show. I want to make small tweaks or anything like that. But at certain points... 
the time and effort and energy to keep working on something is like, all right, I got to move on to something else too. So, well, I think things are not done even if we think they are like, because yeah. we evolve as people. So five years later, that line you once said in the blindfold routine or I, I did in mm-hmm. the ramen or whatever, like might not fit us the same way. Cause we, mm-hmm. you know, we've evolved. Over, so even if it's just a line change or things that just make you yeah. feel different, uh, even just those little changes are a form of polishing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's a great point is as we get older and you know, our tastes even still are evolving or attitude evolves, right? Uh, maybe attitude. you want to have a more, more lax approach, or maybe you want to have a more serious approach or right. a more humorous approach. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, with these virtual shows, that was a whole new thing. It's like, I mean, a whole new medium changed of how to do a mentalism act. So, right. you know, to learn and to process things. And again, the first couple of shows, you know, I was just throwing out, see what would stick a lot of trial shows with friends. Uh, and I learned a lot of lessons from that. And then I would, you know, try and raise the bar each time I did another one. And I'm now getting to that point where you're, I'm starting to get those 10,000 hours. I mean, I'm nowhere close, uh, you know, from my live show that I've been doing for so long, for almost 10 years now. Wow. Uh, but I like, this is all still new stuff. So I'm trying to tweak it. And I'm in the middle of a run of shows because I've been doing them back to back to back to back to back. And that's mm-hmm. the best teacher. <laughs> so you can actually adjust on the fly and be like, Oh, that didn't work last night. I have another opportunity to try it again now and right. fix that and make it better. I mean, you've talked about this when you went to doing the Vegas show and just being in the same venue and doing the same show the exact same way. And just all that experience gave you the, the tools you needed to uh, really make that show the show it is now. Mm-hmm. Which so, a third of it, I think, is going to be new now, by the way. Did I tell you that? <laughs> yeah, you were telling me. I'm excited Did I to tell you it. is that much? I mean, that's already a lot, and I think it'll continue to grow. I mean, yeah. that's what it looks like on paper, which is pretty yeah, crazy. That's but great. But again, that missing ingredient of not having the audience right, is, right. is the tough part. But Yeah, but when you get yeah. back there, you're going to have that opportunity, especially with that new stuff, to do it again. It'd be like, last night, that part didn't work, so I get another right. shot at it right now today and then if it doesn't work again you get another shot right after and then is there a is there a moment when something isn't working that you'll get you'll give up on it and be like this can't be fixed or absolutely absolutely i've had to do that many times (laughs) with things that i really liked and just or or wanted to like or wanted it to go in a certain direction i just couldn't get it there and i just had to go ah you know take that investment that we were talking about, you know, you invested all this time and energy into something and then realize it's not working. You just got to let it go. If it's Mm -hmm. not, if Mm -hmm. it's not achieving what you wanted to achieve, I've, I've definitely had those instances. Uh, you've probably been there for some of those instances (laughs) and probably been one of those voices going, yeah, "Yeah, it's not working. You gotta cut it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's true. No, yeah, well, I I see it a lot with my jokes sometimes too. It's like I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 say some jokes and then like you know I'll try and cut it at least like after like the third or fourth time because like the first yeah. time it's like maybe it's the audience and the second yeah. time it's like maybe it's the delivery and it's like yeah, third yeah, time yeah, yeah. third time it's like no this isn't working and then still it's hard to kill your darlings right sometimes you're it just is. like I believe in this joke I think it's funny no one else does yeah. so I'm gonna keep it just for me and then. You got to decide whether that's, uh, you know, alienating your audience or not. <laughs> you know, it's that that's it's so easy to tell whether or not to keep a line. I yeah. find just by you don't need, you know, <laughs> someone else to tell you. Usually, yeah. usually the audience really makes yeah. it very clear after four or five times. OK, yeah. Nope. Not happening. Yeah. Right. Sh- shouldn't leave that in. <laughs> Yeah. And then when yeah. you start getting booze, no. <laughs> <laughs> Heckles. Yeah. 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 That's so wow. funny. So um, you're you're away next week. It's gonna be a bank episode, uh, but uh, we haven't. Re- we kind of dropped the ball on some of these goals because one, I don't remember the goals that I've ever said the week before. <laughs> <laughs> I quit on the microphone goal because uh, this microphone seems to be okay. No, it does sound good. It's just uh, you know, if there's any you know, the importing stuff is you know from from GarageBand over uh, to put the episode together. If there's any issues with that, then we'll start looking at your microphone. Uh, but um, I've been doing the food stuff. The food stuff has been good. I've been doing meals and uh, staying with that. And I've been trying to, I think, I think one of my goals was trying to like go back and read all these old newsletters that I'm editor of. And I, I still plan on doing that. It's just been, you know, when I have the time to do it. I mean, I've, I, I've got more karate kids to watch first, I think. True. <laughs> I've got so many books I'm trying to get to myself and in, in terms of reading. Um, you know, what's interesting is you kind of already made a goal. Yeah. 
on this podcast. Yeah. Before to, you to do the things to, to uh, do the thing. To Don't do think the about thing. the thing, yeah, but yeah. do the thing. I think that's going to be just an overarching goal. That's just going to be a long one because it's not really specific to certain things. Um, well, some projects, but. You ever have certain things that maybe it's frustrating, maybe it's not, where you can't do the thing for some reason. So, for example, I have certain ideas in this notebook that I can't do yet because we're not at the theater. And I really need to be in the space to, mm. to figure out the parts I haven't figured out yet. Now, are you able to just go into the theater, though? Yeah. I mean, do you um, still have access? Can you still do things by yourself, social distanced? or? Uh, yeah, I'm sure I could get in there. Um, but probably not. You know, I don't know how it works in terms of, like, bringing in crew and things like that. Right. If we needed to actually try something and, like, have the lights on and everything. Right. If I need to go pick stuff up, I'm sure we could, you know, get in there. But. Yeah, I just I just know there's a lot of productions. I mean, we're seeing the, the Taylor Swift video that was filmed during COVID or even the Blaine stunt with their whole mm -hmm. crew, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if if it came to be, like, you had, I need to do this in order to move forward, I think... There's a way to do things safely and get your small team and mask up and social distance if that's if that's something you need to do. Uh, eventually, that'll happen. You know, eventually mm -hmm. we will we will have to do that at some point. So it's just a matter of when. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. absolutely. We shall see. All right. Yeah. So hey, goals. this is this is a great day. This was great. This is great. So we got a bank episode coming up next week uh, with some great stuff as well. Excited for you to listen to that. Some more riddles. Some more trivia. Uh, let us know what you think about the show. Write us uh, on yes. social media, Mind Magic Pod, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, write us on Gmail. Email us, riddles, trivia, whatever, thoughts at mindovermagicpodcast.com. Uh, rate us, review us. If you like the show, tell a friend. That's helpful to us. And uh, anything else, Matt? That's it for me. That's it. That's it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. Everyone. Good night.